0: Hi there! Welcome to Explain This, a podcast where we try to explain complex things in simpler ways for people of all ages. I'm your host, Jen Kim, and today we'll talk about New Year's resolutions, why they fail every year, and how to make better resolutions and goals for the next year. Let's get started! Well, it's almost that wonderful time of the year, when we say goodbye to the year so we can welcome in a new year. Even though, cosmically speaking, nothing significant has changed. I mean, the Earth's gone around the sun one more time, whoop-de-doo. But as humans, we feel like we're embarking on a new chapter of our lives on the 1st of January. It's like we're given a chance for a fresh start, to leave behind all the regrets, failures, and bitterness of the previous year so we can start anew. And so, we make resolutions, like, I'm going to run every day this year, or I'm going to get healthy, or I'm going to quit smoking, or I'm going to go vegan, or even this is the year I'm going to become the best me that I can be. Oh yeah. That's great, right? I mean, people setting grand goals for themselves to improve and grow? That sounds like something Jin would love. I mean, they do say we should dream big. Well, in theory, yes. But January is the month of hope and ambition and steely resolve, where gyms are full of people, oh my god, wanting to use their new active wear for maximum gains and there's no equipment available for anyone else. But... I digress. Anyway, everyone seems to be on a diet, they're learning a new instrument, going hiking and taking dancing classes and writing a new novel. But whatever wonderful new start we promised to ourselves in January, by February, it all seems to just dissolve away like bubbles. Then we're back to our usual lives, only to start the cycle over and over every New Year's Day, while we shake our fists at the sky saying, next year is going to be different. But in reality, nothing changes. And you know that's true. According to one study in 2007, a whopping 8 out of 10 people failed to keep the news resolutions. So, don't worry, it's not just you, it's all of us. But why is that? Why can't we stick to news resolutions? This week we're going to skip the ELI 5 and just jump straight into the problems with resolutions and how we can make better plans for positive life change. Let's go! Alright, so today's episode isn't really about learning a complex concept, because we all know why New Year's resolutions really fail. It's because we're human. And humans are far from perfect. Just have to accept that. The most common error in setting a New Year's resolution is that we choose resolutions that are way too fuzzy. Most resolutions are vague, grand, and a bit too dreamy. We'll either be too relative and say, I want to get healthier, without specifying what our desired endpoint is, nor having any specific kind of plan on how we're going to achieve that goal. So how in the world would you know that you're healthier enough by the end of the year? I mean, going on two runs the whole year is technically healthier than your previous record of zero, but is that what you really wanted? Some people set more specific absolute goals, but then they bite off way more than they can chew. Like, I want to quit smoking while you're smoking two packs a day right now or I want to lose 50 kgs of weight, even though you've never made it past 5 kgs per year. They're great goals in theory, but a year is surprisingly short, and you still need to, well, you know, live your life. If you set too big a goal, you're no doubt going to fail to meet it and ultimately feel really disappointed and dejected. Which brings us to the next point, which is change is hard. It's really hard to undo the unhealthy habits that we've built up for decades, and it's really hard to put in the time and effort to make a positive difference. So, of course, our brain prefers to default to procrastination and laziness. It's much easier just to watch Netflix than working on a pet project, and I'd choose a burger over a salad any day of the week. We're also not very good when it comes to planning and enacting the change. Most of us barely have enough organizational skills to plan for an exam in a month's time, let alone planning a weight loss regimen for the whole year without any help. Instead of having tricks and systems and plans, we rely on sheer willpower to drive ourselves forward, only to succumb to our instincts to procrastinate. Eventually, we'll just burn out and throw in the towel, or forget about the resolution completely. Instead of acknowledging that most good change happened gradually, and it's the trend that matters, We set flashy end goals, we put up a poster of Arnold Schwarzenegger or Victoria's Secret Model as our hashtag goals for the year. So in summary, there's plenty of reasons why resolutions fail and why changing our behaviour is hard. And I probably don't need to convince you that hard either. I mean, who of us could confidently say that we've never had a New Year's resolution that failed on us? You know, I've certainly had my fair share of failed resolutions. But don't be disheartened. It's not to say that achieving goals is impossible. It's just that we have to change our strategy. Let's talk about how we can set New Year's goals that actually work. Okay, so we've established that a big problem with New Year's resolutions are the vagueness. We set vague goals and vague plans, and because there's no way to track how you're doing or keep yourself accountable, it just fizzles out over the course of the year. So, to combat this, we have to get smart. Not book smart or street smart, but SMART smart. This is an acronym you might have heard of when it comes to goal setting. SMART stands for specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time based. You can already see how this might help us achieve our goals. Having a specific goal, such as reading 40 books this year rather than I want to read more, gives you a set number that you can work towards. That way there's no negotiating with your brain how much progress is enough, you can see the finish line and you can plan and pace yourself around that goal. Measurable is similar in that you need to be able to have measurable milestones and outcomes. For example, you could weigh yourself every Friday morning and track it on a graph in your bullet journal. This way you can see progress and trends giving yourself cold, hard data that you can't argue about at the end of the year. This is important because our brains are biased and unreliable, You might think you're completely failing your goal because it looks like you gained 2kgs or you don't quite fit the shirt that you wanted to fit into, but in reality, the overall trend might be that you're losing weight despite the fluctuations, and trend and consistency is so much more important than swingy results. Achievable and realistic are tied together in that there's no point in setting yourself up to fail with a goal that is impossible. If you make a resolution that you're going to run every day, what about the days when you're sick or on vacation? You say you want to lose 40 kgs of weight, but realistically, it's very difficult and possibly even unsafe and unhealthy to lose more than half a kilogram of weight per week. You can't tell yourself that you're going to start learning and master the guitar in a year, when it takes years, even a decade of hard work to really master an instrument. I mean, Malcolm Gladwell talks about how you need to spend at least 10,000 hours on something to really master it. Besides, there's no shame in setting a small achievable goal and then continuing to work on it and revising it once you've achieved it. If you achieved your goal of cutting down your smoking from 10 cigarettes a day to 5 cigarettes a day by July, then just set a bonus goal and cut down to 2 cigarettes a day by the end of the year instead. I mean, what's wrong about doing even better than the goal you set out at the start of the year? Lastly, we want our goal to be time-based. New Year's resolutions often use the year as a frame of reference but a year is a really long time and our brains aren't very good at conceptualising what we can achieve in one year. So it's useful breaking down the year into sections, whether it be months, seasons, semesters, or whatever. For example, if you set a goal of learning one new song on piano every two months, you can pace yourself much better, rather than rushing to learn all four songs of the last month of the year because you forgot about it and then giving up because it's physically impossible. So to summarise, A goal should be specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-based. An example of a SMART goal would be, I want to write 50 blog posts this year, setting a goal of writing a blog post each week, and then having a grid of 50 squares in my bullet journal that I fill in as I write each new post. It might sound hippy-dippy and overly self-helpy, but it really works. The other great thing about trying to set a SMART goal is that you can't just wing it on New Year's Day. It encourages you to think about the goal and resolution ahead of time, say, for the month of December. And this improves your chance of success because you've actually given it thought, put some time into it, and made an effort to actually make it work. It also keeps you accountable because you have to measure your progress, and it also feels like a more concrete project rather than a vague dream or mantra. So if you have a New Year's resolution in mind, try converting it to a SMART goal. You'd be surprised how much more effective it is than all the resolutions you've set in the past, even though it actually sounds similar. Alright, it's time for a short break, and when we're back, we're going to talk about another approach to yearly goals that I'm really passionate about. Yearly themes. Stay tuned for more. Welcome back. Okay, so we've established that New Year's resolutions are doomed to fail, unless we put in real effort to make them actually achievable and accountable. I mean, duh, pretty much everything in life follows that. I apologize for all the sass this episode, but it's just how it is. But just because something is hard, it doesn't mean it's impossible. If you find the idea of smart goals a bit daunting, or you're the type to be really harsh on yourself when you don't meet a goal, then you might enjoy trying a yearly theme instead. Yearly themes are an idea that CGP Grey and Mike Hurley coined and developed on their podcast, Cortex. I highly recommend you give them a listen if you're interested in how different people approach productivity and work styles. I also linked a wonderfully concise video by CGP Grey in the show notes, so go watch it after this episode, it'll help consolidate everything we talk about today. Basically, instead of setting a new year's resolution or specific goals, you could try coming up with a theme for the coming year. Maybe you want a year of health, or a year of creativity, Or you could try more snazzy themes like Year of Clarity or Year of Intentionality. Whatever theme you choose, it essentially sets a broad, general tone for the year, so that you can have a general direction that you want to travel in over the course of the year. If goals are about achieving specific targets, yearly themes are more about applying a filter to your life, so that at the end of the year, you can hopefully say, hmm, yep, I feel more balanced, or healthier, or settled or connected compared to the start of the year, depending on what the theme was. The beauty of the yearly theme is that, unlike smart goals, where we teach you to be as specific as possible, you paint a broad, vague sketch instead. In this way, it might be easier for you to start with yearly themes than smart goals if you're not used to setting personal goals. Let's use an example. For me, 2020 was the year of balance. At the end of 2019, I realised I was starting to feel unbalanced and unsettled within myself. My work was eating into my personal time. I was spending way too much time on one hobby like magic over all my other hobbies like blogging and playing guitar. I felt like I wasn't spending as much quality time with my friends and family. I felt myself feeling less in control over my health, like what I eat and what my weight was doing. So after learning about yearly themes, I decided I'd focus on balance for a year. So how did I approach it? Well, the first step was finding the theme that resonated with me. It is a theme or a word that just vibes with you, or feels like it unlocks something in your brain, because it perfectly fits with where you are at in life right now. And for me, I just felt unbalanced, so Year of Balance just came to me. It felt right. Once you find a theme, you can brainstorm what that theme means to you. For me, I wanted to balance four different things. Health, finance, hobbies, and relationships. So these became my sub-themes. More specific, but still broad. Things to have in the back of my mind. I wrote some general guidance for myself, like how I wanted to make sure I'm gymming regularly, doing a monthly account balance, and calling my parents more often. Once this was all said, I was good to go. The way yearly themes work is that it acts like a character guide. You know how in Dungeons & Dragons they have alignments, like lawfully good or chaotically neutral, and how it affects how the character responds in a given situation? Yeah? No? Well, It's a thing, okay? Go ask your other nerd friends and they can teach you about it. Another way to think about it is that yearly themes are like a little angel or a fairy or a bot sitting on your shoulder, helping you navigate life and choices. When you're at a crossroad, like choosing what to eat for dinner or what you should do the next day, you have to make a decision. Most of the time, we fall prey to our base instincts like hunger or laziness or lust, so we don't always make the best choices for us at the given moment. But with a yearly theme, it's like you have a little voice reminding you on what you want to focus on and put more effort into this year. So if it's your year of new, maybe you're going to look up a new recipe to cook, rather than making spag bowl again. If it's a year of less, and you're focusing on eating less, maybe you make a smaller portion. I can't tell you the number of times I decided not to have burgers two days in a row, because that wouldn't be a very balanced thing to do. Every time you have a choice, Think about your yearly theme and how it would apply to this choice. You got a spare day off tomorrow? Well, how could you use that time to refine yourself in this year of refinement? Maybe you could go to a wine tasting or watch a movie with your partner and discuss what you thought the themes and messages the director wanted to portray were. From the tiniest decision to big, life-changing decisions, yearly themes make it easier for you to choose the path of self-improvement in accordance to the theme that you chose to focus on at the start of the year. Also, because the yearly theme is simply gently guiding you and nudging you back on the path towards your theme, it never feels like you're struggling to meet a milestone. It's not like you have to do 10 articles a month. It's not about saving X dollars over Y time. It's more about developing healthy habits, like using your credit card less and putting more money into your retirement fund, or just saving $5 because you decided to buy what was on sale rather than the thing you really wanted at the supermarket. This is important because life is very unpredictable, so it's good to build in a buffer for unexpected things. Maybe you wanted to spend a year focusing on learning a musical instrument, but you start dating a wonderful woman so you don't have as much free time on your own. Well, you can just choose to learn less songs than you expected, or you can apply the theme to your relationship, such as recording a song for your new partner as a gift or learning an instrument together. In this way, you're still focusing on the musical instrument without feeling like you failed a goal. Let's take another example. Maybe you wanted a year of outside, but a global pandemic strikes and you're locked inside the whole year. Well, maybe the year of outside doesn't literally mean go outdoors, maybe you can change the meaning to thinking outside the box, or going outside your comfort zone, so you could try instead reading books from a genre you've never found interesting, or try your hand at baking, which you've always avoided. The broadness of a yearly theme is what makes it beautiful, because it is flexible and forgiving. Even if you have setbacks, as long as the overall trend is positive, it's like taking two steps forward and one step back. It's okay, you're still making progress and you're still growing as a person. What's important is that you made an active choice at the start of the year to come out of this year a better version of yourself. And just making that step is worth patting yourself on the back for. So congrats. The yearly theme helps you maintain the enthusiasm and hope for a better future from January 1st all the way to the end of the year. Instead of being daunting and scary like a smart goal, it's light and breezy and just helps keep yourself in line by nudging you back on track. And if you feel like a year is too long, then you don't have to stay with one theme for the whole year. I mean, a year is just a human construct anyway. You could try to divide it up into seasons instead, like Spring of Confidence or Winter of Tastes, You could even change your yearly theme halfway through the year if it's just not working for you, or circumstances have changed. As long as you're making an active effort to improve your habits, behaviours, thinking, and decision-making so that you end up a better person than you from a year ago, then do whatever works for you. Because at the end of the day, no one's counting. The only person that does and should care about how your yearly theme pans out is yourself. So be kind to yourself. Encourage yourself. Also keep yourself accountable. Tell the people around you what your yearly theme is, or write your yearly theme at the front of your journal, or put it as your phone wallpaper. Eventually, you'll get so used to applying the yearly theme to everyday decision making that it itself becomes a habit where you're automatically thinking to yourself, hmm, it is the year of action, maybe I should take the leap and ask that guy out, or maybe I should apply for that job. I'm going to share my 2021 yearly theme with you, I was thinking about it for a couple of weeks, but I settled on a year of growth. Basically, I want to make sure that I'm not becoming stagnant, and I want to keep growing as a person, even in my 30s. I want to grow in maturity and mindfulness, grow my interests and knowledge, grow my social circles, and grow this podcast, so please like and subscribe. Hopefully on December 31st, 2021, I can look back on the year and say, yeah, it wasn't much, but I've certainly grown up a bit. That's all I want out of a yearly theme. I hope something from my ramblings about yearly themes clicked with you. What theme comes to your mind if I was to ask you what your yearly theme for next year is? If you're thinking of starting yet another New Year's resolution, try a yearly theme or a couple smart goals instead. I can guarantee it'll make your year much more fulfilling than last year, and you'll probably get a lot more done as well. Alrighty, so what did we learn today? First we learned that New Year's resolutions suck because it's hard to commit to vague, unrealistic goals, and we end up forgetting or foregoing them. We learned that SMART goals are a smarter way to approach setting personal goals, because we can actually track them and keep ourselves accountable. We learned that it's easy to lose motivation or feel like failures if we don't meet our goals, but what matters is the trend and our personal efforts, not the actual results. We learned that yearly themes are an easier, gentler way to develop healthy habits and systems, to make ourselves a better version of ourselves by the end of the year. Lastly, I hope we've learned that actions speak louder than words. So instead of coming up with a dreamy news resolution like saving lots of money or becoming really fit-looking, start thinking and introspecting and planning how to make next year better than this year, whether it's through goals or yearly themes. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Explain This hope you've learned something that you find useful today if you end up coming up with a smart goal or a yearly theme thanks to this episode i'd love to hear about it through email or messages so please get in touch also a small psa from next year we're going to release episodes on thursday mornings rather than wednesdays just a small schedule change well we'll see you next time in 2021 let's make it a good year happy new year everyone Explain This was written and hosted by me, Jen Kim. If you'd like to suggest a topic or just send a lovely message, you can email me at explainthiscast at gmail.com or follow me on Facebook or Twitter. We'll see you next time. Bye for now.